Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, Interweb Warriors. Hope you are well. I'm Les Bubka, and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. In today's episode, I have a pleasure to chat to Dan Holloway, chief instructor and owner of Empower Martial Arts in Lincoln, podcaster and blogger on Martial Arts View, uh, an author of a martial art master's book. Our conversation we focus on um, Dan's um, background, um, his journey into the martial arts, starting with Aikido, transferring to um, more practical self-defense, and opening his own facilities. Um, we're talking about his uh, approach to martial arts, um, how he came up with the um, project of recording interviews with the famous martial artists and putting all in a book. Uh, also, we're covering his future projects. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Without a further ado, um, let's go to it. Great to have you on uh, Accidental Podcast or something like that. Uh, hope you are well done. How How is your day and how are you? I am all good. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's still weird times, isn't it? But but we're making do and, you know, I'm just trying to stay busy and, you know, stay motivated and, and make sure that doing everything that we can do at these times, which I'm sure everyone's doing. <laughs> so 
you are a uh, owner and head coach of uh, Empower Martial Arts. Um, you're running a, a Martial Arts View blog and podcast. Uh, you've published some books. Um, can you just give us a bit of a, a bio about you? Well, how did you start it? What did you do? Yeah, of course. So I'm Dan Holloway. Um, I've been doing martial arts since I was around six or seven years old. I'm now 30. So what's that? 23 years ish. Mm -hmm. um, I started off doing karate, which I did for a couple of years. Um, I really enjoyed it. But then I think I can't remember. But for some reason, I, I decided to, uh, to move on to Aikido after seeing an advert or a poster or something probably stuck up in a local cafe with someone flying through the air with with all the grace and elegance that I wish I had and decided to to uh, to go and give that a go. So yeah, I did that for, wow, quite a long time. And I, yeah, uh, till I was 23. So yeah, a good amount of years um, and achieved the rank of third degree black belt in that, um, was a, a coach or an instructor as well. And um, spent some time in Australia as well with Joe Tambu Sensei, who's probably one of the best um, instructors of the style of Aikido that I was practicing at that point so I was a living student with him for for a month living in the traditional way of getting up nice and early in the morning cleaning the dojo training for eight nine ten hours a day sometimes teaching kids classes or helping out with kids classes then doing all your own training then staying on after the mats and once everyone else has gone home to train with all the other instructors and stuff and this was all with jet lag straight away as well so it was an interesting time it was it was probably one of the toughest months I've done but it was one of the most rewarding as well and I've got nothing but respect for for Joe Tambu Sensei um following that I then went to university or during university sorry I was um starting to look at some of the martial arts as well so I started doing some mixed martial arts started doing a little bit of boxing and some jiu-jitsu as well and always just dabbling um because I've just always been interested in the martial arts really mm. ever since I was kind of old enough to really understand what they were I was always interested in Bruce Lee and reading the movies or reading the movies reading the books watching the movies and uh yeah, trying to find out about his philosophy, I suppose, and taking what's useful, discarding what isn't, and adding what is your own. I've completely butchered that quote, but that's the general essence of it, I think. So, yeah, so I was always interested in, um, in learning different martial arts styles. So did some MMA, like I said, at uni, um, did some jiu-jitsu, did some boxing, and then came back to Lincoln after finishing university and um, was actually looking for MMA again. And I went to a place called Function First, which is run by Matt Frost, who's still running the academy now in Lincoln. And um, one of his staff there, who I'm now really good friends with as well, Paul, said, oh, have you heard of KFM? And I was like, no, what is it? I'm here for MMA. I want to do some ground and pound and learn some jujitsu and stuff like that. And he went, oh, come and check this out, this KFM stuff. Multiple opponent, you know, wax on the edge, put your hands on your head quite a lot. It's a bit more tailored for the street and street fighting I suppose and I was like okay sounds interesting and then yeah I got pretty hooked on that and then decided in 2015 to run my own defense lab school because I enjoyed or I, I liked the way that they were professionalizing the martial arts and providing support for instructors who wanted to make it a full-time job and at that point I was like yeah okay I want to make it a full-time job so I turned down a job in the police and decided to pursue my career at that point of, uh, of being a full-time martial arts instructor. Then last year we went out on our own, so I formed Empower Martial Arts Academy, and we've been running that all through this uh, this great period that has been 2020 and 2021 so far. Yeah, so it was a good time to to get out, really. But yeah, to form Empower. That must have been a, a challenging time as well, because that was just literally before before a pandemic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we had, I think, about four weeks, maybe. Of, of empower classes where it was my syllabus and I was getting all the all the new stock ready everyone was excited the syllabus was out the new clothing and merchandise was out everything was looking good and then boom close your academy I was like ah oh, guys the timing I've had one month of being in power and then suddenly we're moving online but you know it's one of those isn't it it's life and yeah. I've, I'm, we've kept it going this whole time and um, I've got a really good community now and this is one of the things that speaking to a few people obviously through doing the book which I'm sure we'll get onto and some of the other podcasts and stuff everything that I've or every person that I've spoken to involved in the martial arts has always said that they've just tried to take some of the positives out yeah. of this this shit show of the year and just try and find some 
bit of good. And I, I think that it really brought our community together for Empower. And that's always what I wanted. Um, we're not a fighter's gym. We don't really specialize in anything like that. We're a family run gym. So we just want people to come in, have some fun, get a little bit fitter, learn some skills um, and yeah, go away happy and smiling. And I think the way that we all came together during the pandemic and the way that my community came together in Empower, um, it really showed that and we all stuck together really well and we are continuing to do so. So I think that's definitely a positive. Yeah, I've seen that you you are kind of uh, very supportive for your, all your members and actually everybody. Um, I've seen you posting on um, online on Facebook that you're doing as well the uh, free classes, don't you? Yeah, so it was weird because, you know, hats off to, to some of my guys like Lee and Jack, who are, who are two instructors under me. Um, we moved our academy online when, when the first lockdown came, within about two days, I think, because we expected it to come. We kind of knew the schools were starting to close down. We were thinking mm, it's going to get to the point now where um, I think we're going to have to close our academy as well. So we we stayed at the academy one night and just filmed a load of stuff. We filmed a month's worth of material because we thought, ah, no, we won't be closed any longer than that. Mm. Stupid. <laughs> but we did a month's worth of pre-recorded materials thinking that would be plenty to get them sorted with. Yeah. Um, and then we thought we'll offer some live classes as well. So yeah, so two days after lockdown, I think we were online doing live classes with a family class on Saturday. And yeah, and then after that, we were doing stuff seven days a week, really, whether it's workouts, kids classes, adults classes, pre-recorded materials, guest classes. Mm. Um, yeah, just just all sorts. Just to, I think it was such an important thing because everything was going to shit for a lot of people. People were losing their jobs. Um, people were really struggling sometimes financially. People were struggling with their mental health as well and their physical health and just having... It's like a bit like it's like the rug pulled out from under your feet when everyone's got a bit of a routine going, especially the parents and things like that. You've got your routine with the kids going. You know exactly what you're doing. Um, you've got training on this day. You've got training on this day. You fit everything and work it all around. And then suddenly everything's a bit turned upside down. And suddenly, you know, it's yeah, yeah. And then schools are closed. Offices are closed. Businesses are closed, etc. So I, I thought it was really important that we kept some sort of routine and normality for my members and to be fair at that point I was living on my own so it was it was nice as well for me to just have a little bit of interaction because I'm, I'm sure otherwise I would have gone even more batshit crazy than I than I than I did yeah so as, as we're talking about pandemic and your your name of your uh, um, gym is empower um, what's your relation with kind of mental health through the years I know that martial arts now are very helpful even I think the most helpful that it was uh, with uh, keeping people sane and yeah. giving that routine and workouts and, and keeping people um, kind of attached to something. How was sure. that through your years in the martial arts uh, impacting your mental health? You know what? I don't think I've appreciated my martial arts and the training that it's given me up until it's been taken away. Mm. And it sounds weird because I think it's just always been a constant in my life. Like ever since I can remember going far back you know like I said I think I started when I was about six or seven so it's quite a long time now that I've just been training it's just been a consistent point in my life where I've just been like right okay I'm going to train I'm going to train I'm going to train I'm going to train and if ever I was having a bad time or a stressful time or you know something wasn't going quite right or something it was always the outlet to go to the gym or go into a class or go and just smash a bag or something or go and hit some pads or get into the ring and do a bit of a spa. You know, at university when I was doing my master's degree and things like that, you know, it was pretty stressful and some of the things were quite hard and there was quite a lot of work to be involved. So sometimes you just needed to unwind and be like, right, I'm going to the gym. I'm just going to go and hit some pads. I'm going to go and clear my head. Like just take a breath really. And I don't think I've appreciated that um, meditative influence of the martial arts until the physical classes have stopped and i know that i'm not going to take that for granted again once we're once we're open again that's for sure i think that that's gonna i hope that's gonna be with people that that physical ability to train was taken away and people are gonna appreciate the all sorts of um fitness activities not only martial arts yeah i hope the karate and the traditional ones gonna pick up because they're kind of declining and yeah that everything's gonna go and people are gonna go like, yeah, I can actually move, I can do stuff, we can go back um, to the classes. 
I've got this idea in my head at the moment and I've spoken to to a few people again about this and it's going to be like um it's going to be like a January you know where everyone goes crazy yeah. in January and all goes to the gyms and flocks to the gyms and everyone wants to get super fit and all martial arts classes are really busy and all the gyms are really busy and just everything's really good and the energy is really high I'm hoping it's going to be like that but for longer because yeah. I'm hoping it's just going to be all compounded and then suddenly it's like all the pressure releases when it's like gradually gradually easy I don't think it's going to be one day suddenly guys all right cool everything's back to normal but I think as soon as we get a green light to start doing contact again, or I think the first stage will just be opening the classes again, like it was in those beautiful weeks of October, November, or whenever it was when we could kind of open, but socially distance. Yeah. I think it will go back to that for a little while, but even that's, you know, it's good because we can still build the community on that. Yeah. Exactly. These people are, we're seeing each other and we're interacting face to face, even if we're doing it, you know, sensibly and at a distance, that's fine. I'm happy with that for now. You've got to keep people safe, but you've got to keep people safe in different ways as well. I think yeah. I think that's important. And I think, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um opinions going around at the moment. And I think it's important for people to be kind to each other because everyone's in a completely different situation right now. My situation is different from yours because I don't have kids. Your situation is different from mine. My situation is different for a friend, maybe, who's furloughed, whereas I'm self-employed everyone's got a different perspective on this whole thing. And I think it's like, and it will skew your experience of what's happening. And I think only people can, who are in that experience can really judge it. Um, so I think it's just important to be, you can have your debates, be kind, you know, it's all good. I think debates are good and nice thing, but I think there's a little bit too much at the moment on social media of people being a little bit nasty, being a little bit bitchy. And as soon as you start even mentioning certain things, it's it, it gets a little bit, it gets a bit heated and it's like guys come on we're friends you know it's 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 all right to, to differ on opinion we'll, we'll go out for a beer when this is all done and we'll joke about how stupid we all, all were for arguing i think i think everybody's getting homesick as well and that's why it's kind of <laughs> brewing inside and uh, yeah, it's like cabin fever people are going mental and all they've got to do all day is just scroll through facebook and yeah. read news about bill gates trying to chip everyone and <laughs> like i don't know the queen's a lizard or some other rubbish and it's like ah and just all the time you're just bombarded with news or social media and it's i think you need a reset and just having creative outlets i think at the moment is really an important thing to do and i think it's good because people do have creative outlets now people are people that have had projects maybe that they they've been putting off for a certain amount of time is starting to or they've got no excuse now not to do the projects because they've got all this spare time on their hands perhaps so people are finishing that book that they've been writing for years mm. or they're putting out that martial arts course that they've been putting off because they've been like oh i don't want to put anything on the, on the internet in case i get trolled but they're like oh well now actually i don't care let's do it so people are finding creative outlets i think and that's that's a good thing and i think the martial arts in general have adapted really well to move yeah. in everything considering how physical we are and how we rely on kind of hitting stuff and being tactile with each other and moving each other around i think we've adapted really well to to not you know to doing solo drills or to training in bubbles or however you're you're training but i think the adaptation across the industry for the vast majority has been really good yeah from my point of view everybody likes kata now nobody's putting that <laughs> word about kata yeah it's weird like we don't do kata in our academy really because we're not a traditional like martial art, like karate or taekwondo or anything like that. But for this lockdown, like in the in the um, in the run up to it, because again over Christmas we thought we're not going to be opening again in January. That's not going to happen. No. So then we thought, right, well we'll make a kata, and yeah. then it's easy to teach. We'll do it. We'll we'll break it down. So our mini ninja classes, which are four to six year olds, they've got to learn fifteen moves. Our juniors got to learn twenty five moves, and then our adults have got to learn thirty or thirty five moves. We might have to make that bigger now because it's going on a little bit more. So like, we thought that would do us again, but we might have to extend those moves. But yeah, we just made a catter up because again, you can just get the movements in, you yeah, can yeah. keep keep moving around. And I've said when people get back to the academy, we'll do a little competition and give someone a few months free training if they get first place or give them a t-shirt or something like that. Yeah. Just to keep people engaged again and keep them working towards something, which again, I think is important. I think everyone's getting a little bit zoomed out at the moment and a little bit weary of doing online classes and stuff. So I think... It's important for all the martial artists to keep thinking outside the box and keep thinking about what else they can do and how they can twist it. If it's like bringing in a, a guest instructor to do something different, mm. like we had Tommy Joe Moore on the other day doing some yeah. of his World War II combatives and Bartitsu yeah, and stuff. I, I 
brother seems to be training with Vadim uh, now. Yeah, Tommy's great. Yeah, Tommy's Tommy's awesome. Like I interviewed him for for my blog way back last year. I think it was maybe May or June, and we had a good chat about obviously Batitsu and things like that. And then he hopped onto my twenty four hour challenge mm. as one of the um, the guest instructors. So since then we've been keeping in contact, and um, he sent me his book and stuff. So yeah, big shout out to Tommy because he's he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a good he's, one. He's posting really interesting stuff on uh, on on his YouTube channel and Facebook and through my uh, friends from karate, a lot of people training with him. Yeah, he's just a genuine guy. Like he knows his stuff, and he's just yeah, he's just genuine. He he just helps out, and if you ask him something, he'll do it. And yeah, he's just he's he's a rare one for just giving. <laughs> um, so uh, going back by maybe to your beginnings, um, what kept you so long in in uh, Aikido? Um, <laughs> uh, personally. I cannot define, so I know it's a, a difficult question. I cannot define really why I'm still in karate, but whatever I try, I always do the circle and come back to karate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The other, and I cannot really put my finger on why I like it so much. So why, why Aikido and why did you change? It's a good question. And to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm sure that if, if I went to another class at that point, no matter what there was, because at, at that time, what we're what we talking like 96, 97, something like that, maybe 99, 98, or somewhere around that, late, late, late 90s, it, there wasn't the same access to, to, you know, the internet and YouTube and finding out what different martial arts styles there were and things like that. It was kind of done either on word of mouth or it was just luck. <laughs> I think this one was just luck where it was like, okay, I saw a picture. They were flying through the air, like I said, and I went, yeah, cool, I want to do that as an eight-year-old. And then it's a complex martial art, which I think I quite like. It's not just hitting stuff, kicking stuff, and then walking away. It's it's, it's quite intricate and quite difficult. And I think that initially kept me hooked. And then it was, again, it was the community. And if you've been doing something for a certain amount of time, you've become part of that community. And you're like, yeah, you know, I like the people I'm training with. I like my instructors. I can see my progressions going up. I'm getting to train with lots of people that are, are really high ranking that have trained in Japan or were teaching in Japan for um, X amount of years um, or who run their own schools like Joe Tambu sensei in Melbourne. And, you know, if he came over to the UK and things, I'd make sure that I always went to see him um, and train with him. And then obviously that eventually led to me going and training with him. Hmm. Uh, and then you decided to change. I remember you've been telling me that um, you went and done a quite extensive one with the Batman fighting. K K. I never can pronounce it properly. Casey. Casey. Yeah. 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 So I was, like I said, I was, I was originally looking for MMA when I came back from university. Went to see Matt Frost, and then one of his staff members was was running a KFM class, I think. And I was like, okay, what is it? And then saw some of it, and I think I did a, a bit of groundwork with them, and then did um, like a multiple opponent drill where you get four people and they've all got pads on, and they basically just whack you around the head quite a lot, and you've got to move and try and survive the onslaught, I suppose. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I kind of, I quite like it. I like the hammer fists. I like the use of elbows. Um, so it intrigued me again, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. So yeah, I did that for a good two years, two and a half years maybe. And then um, when the KFM disbanded, uh, it obviously went Husto did his Casey by Husto and then Andy Norman did Defence Lab. Um, and I saw Andy was working with lots of top level guys like Bob Breen, Phil Norman, Eddie Quinn, and people I respected as well as Andy, obviously. And I thought, yeah, OK, they're, they're doing a good job of making everything look really professional. And, you know, the, the system looks dynamic. It looks good. I liked what they'd done with the Casey stuff. And I thought, yeah, okay, let's let's go and let's follow the defense lab route and, and see what happens, I suppose. So you've got the insight. I never never trained with defense lab, but I see that um, a lot of people um, kind of badmouth them for um, just going for the money. Uh, personally, when I see the comments like that, I think it's just a bit of a jealousy uh, because we've got the same in, in karate, you know, people kind of um, talking bad about those who are doing professional on top level. Sure. Um, what's your opinion on that? I think people need to stay in their own lane, <laughs> focus what they're doing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really have much to say other than just what's the point? I don't see why people put down other martial arts systems or put down other people, etc. Because it doesn't actually 
do anything for you. Like, what's the what's the expression like? Snuffing someone's out, out uh, snuffing someone else's candle out doesn't make yours burn brighter, or something like that. It's like it's not actually going to improve your life at all by just slating something. And yeah, maybe there's an element of jealousy in there. Like, I'm not with Defense Lab anymore, and that's for various reasons. But you know, I've got a lot of respect for the guys because they're, they're obviously successful with what they do, and with that amount of success comes a certain amount of criticism and comes a, a certain amount of, um, yeah, investigation, people looking into it and things. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. If it's not for you, it's not for you. <laughs> you know, what's the purpose of your martial art? Do you want to get people fit? Do you want to get people healthy? Do you want to get people smiling? Do you want to get people having a good community? For me, like, Defence Lab ticked all the boxes for that because the community was amazing. Like, it was really good. Like, from the top guys like Andy and Greg, and Paul and Ruben and Rich and all those guys, they're all just genuinely nice guys. And the community there was was really good. There was no ego. They took from all sorts of different martial arts styles, like I said, involving Phil from Ghost, um, Bob Breen doing his, his 4D combat, Eddie Quinn doing the approach. They brought them all in and said, right, you know, guys, let's, let's see what you've got. Let's bring it in, which is a pretty cool thing, I think. You know, it's very JKD, bring everything in, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. So... I don't know. And the, the issue about money, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong with making money for martial arts. And I'll argue with anyone that does think that because the amount of time that we've invested in our education as martial artists, you know, people, how long have you been training, Les? Uh, 25, 26 years. Yeah, exactly. And I've been training, well, yeah, rough, like 20 years-ish. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, people are doctors in six years, seven years, eight years, however long it takes, and they get paid for it quite well mm. because yeah. they've put the work in and they've done their time and they've got their qualifications and they're good at what they do. If you're providing a martial arts class that people are happy with and if people and you're providing good quality content, people are happy with it, people stay with you, people enjoy it, and you're providing something good for people's lives, you should absolutely be you know, paid well for it and be able to make yourself a better life for it. The best thing I ever did was go full time for my martial arts because it just gave me more time to study martial arts and train martial arts, which in turn then filtered down to my students because I wasn't knackered at the end of doing a full time job nine to five then having to go and teach a kid's class at half five when you've been up since like seven o'clock in the morning and you've just been, you know, you're tired from sitting at a screen all day. So it allowed me to invest that time in myself to then go, right, I'm going to go and travel. I'm going to go and train with this guy. I'm going to go and train with this guy. I'm going to plan my classes out really well now. I'm going to invest, invest in my time. So absolutely, you should be paid and absolutely, you should make a good living from it because I think it's a very unique way of changing people's lives. I don't think there's many sports or um, activities out there that have the same power that martial arts does. It's just got a unique ability to bring people together from all different backgrounds, I think. Um, I, I think that's a very special thing. Yeah, I think that uh, especially... Uh, I'm not into the self-defense and stuff, but uh, the traditional dojos and traditional um, kind of movement got this problem of poor sensei. Are you meant to do it for a, a hobby or... Yeah, it's like a martyrdom. It's like, oh, the poor sensei needs to eat off or live off two no. things of rice a day or something. It's like, ah, oh, no, come on, move with the times. You know, yeah. the world does work on money, whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure, but it's it's life. Yeah. Everyone's got rent to pay, bills to pay, families to support, stuff to buy. It's one of them. You know, you want to go to your dojo or you want to go to your academy, you need to pay the rent on it. You need to pay all your bills to live in your house. You need to pay the petrol to go in your car. You need to pay for the repairs when someone, you know, scuffs up the mats or does whatever at your academy. It's like, you know, stuff costs money. It's simple as you got to make money. And going back to the, I drag you back to Aikido again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Because I really appreciate the the quality of movement and anatomical knowledge knowledge of the guys from Aikido. Yeah. Um, was the motions and knowledge from Aikido helpful in in uh, reality based martial arts or self defense? I suppose the joint locks and holds and stuff would be very useful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. I think martial arts and martial arts up to a certain point. There's only a certain amount of things you can do. It's just this perspective that you put on it. At the end of the day, we've got one head, two arms, two legs, and there's only a certain amount of things that you can do off that, to be fair. 
it's you know there's, there's a limited amount of, of possibilities but also an unlimited amount of possibilities as well and that's the that's the you know the paradox but yeah i definitely think that the style of aikido that i was doing which was yoshinkan aikido it focused very heavily on body alignment and having a strong structure so it was it was less um I don't want to say religious, less spiritual than some of the other forms of Aikido that are a bit more light and, you know, based more on circles and very, it was, it was a harder style of Aikido, I'd say, a little bit, a little bit more practical as well, a little bit more, um, a little bit more emphasis on the self-defense and a little bit more emphasis on hard training and conditioning the body, which I think definitely helped, you know, and then, the footwork and the movement and knowing your body and especially coming up as a, you know, if you've been doing martial arts for however long and you do it all the way from doing it as a kid up through your teenage years, that's your kind of growth spurt where you're a bit awkward. And I say growth spurt, but I'm still five foot five now. So I think I missed that. I think I missed that period. But that's meant to be when you get your growth spurt and become like gangly and long and, you know, a little bit uncoordinated and stuff. But I never really had that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know how you feel because I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I never really had that gangly awkward stage. I don't think I don't think that's really me. <laughs> but um throughout that it, it kept my it kept my coordination good, I think, and it kept my fitness levels good and it kept my agility up and you know, all the way up to up to now really. So I think it's it was important just to instill that and instill that kind of movement and activity because don't get me wrong I love being lazy as well <laughs> but there's a certain point of laziness where I'm like I'm being too lazy now I need to get up and actually move because otherwise I feel bad about myself and I think that's what what training's done for me like I can't just sit like people do like for hours on a playstation I can't do it after about half an hour I'm bored and I'm like no I'm done I need to move I can't but, uh, no I don't know how people do it for like 12 hours 24 hours stints or whatever online it's, it's baffling to me but <laughs> but yeah I think just keeping that thing where it's active and moving and and wanting to learn as well like Joe Tambu sensei again who I keep mentioning because you know he's he's the person like that I really look up to in terms of as a person and also as a martial artist mm -hmm. and I think if you want to see effective strong Aikido you, you you should look him up on on YouTube not some of the other examples that are, honestly like some of them are pretty pretty piss poor and I think that's partly where Aikido gets its bad reputation from because there's a lot of bad Aikido out there mm. but there's also quite a lot of good Aikido um but sometimes this is always the bad overrides the good perhaps and it's like people only focus on the bad not on the good stuff but yeah I definitely look to him because he was always bringing different martial arts in as well he was never just aikido based he was always looking at different stuff he worked as a doorman in melbourne for quite a long time and he was he's he's a little bit taller than me but a lot lighter mm. he's not as not as heavy he'd say fat so he's not as fat as i am <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah but he worked as a doorman so he was working a lot of restraint and removal things and trying to apply that aikido for him he said you know sometimes it works sometimes it didn't but it, it was never the Aikido that didn't work. It was always me. Hmm. And I think that's true of any martial art. I don't think there's a such thing as a bad martial art. I think it's how you apply that martial art. And I think that individual, like how you apply it to the individual and how they are. I think that's the best way of, of you know, justifying that or, or I judging think it's it. very important to have that honesty um, to yourself about your martial arts and as well on, on the mistakes and failures, not looking outwards you know what was wrong with everything else and i'm fine and just look and admit to say well no i'm wrong and yeah it comes down to ego again doesn't it like people get a certain level and then they think they're the shit and they're like yeah i got my black belt now i've got my third down people are calling me sensei or sifu or guru or whatever the term is and it's like yeah all right don't put yourself too much on a pedestal i think that's the main thing it's like keep learning stay humble there's always someone bigger than you like don't get a big head right <laughs> at the end of the day it's not really about fighting it's about enriching people's lives and that's the main thing like that's what we do at empower we're not a fighter's gym as i've said like we've we put a little bit of focus on self-defense but equally it's like guys if you're only training for self-defense like you're gonna waste your time doing martial arts because how many times you've had a fight in your life like once twice 
I, I'm not really a fighter. I don't go out looking for fights or anything, especially now I'm getting old and I've got no opportunity. We're all locked down. But yeah. in my 20s, it was like, okay, like I've had a few fights and scuffles and street stuff. And it's like, okay, it's not fun. I don't like it. It's like, you know, but it happens. And it's nice to have some experience of like adrenaline and what go, what you, what happens to your body when you're placed under stress in a real environment. That's good to know. Like, I'm never saying don't, don't seek that out or whatever. But, you know, it's just be honest. Just be honest with people and say, look, guys, if you want to go and fight in a ring or a cage, or if you want to go and box and want to go up to, you know, really high levels of boxing or MMA or kickboxing, go to this guy and point them in the right direction. If you want to be some SAS knife gun man that can disarm you with an M16 rifle and, I don't know, rescue the damsel in distress or whatever, go to this guy. If you want some nice martial arts, we can come join part of a cool community where we'll probably go out for a beer after training and then, you know, just have a bit of a laugh and get moving and have some fun and keep learning and keep getting different people in to learn that are better than me normally. Then come and see me because that'll work. I like that. I like that. Um, so you published the Martial Masters book. Um, can you tell us something about it? I'm waiting for arrival and apparently it'll be Sunday with me. Um, oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah, let me know how it is. Looking forward to, to uh, reading that. Uh, you Fantastic. already start. You, I've seen on your um, uh, podcast that you are started the second volume. Yes, uh, the second volume's nearly done now. We've got three more interviews and it's done. Cool. Um, can you tell us more about that project? Um, how did yeah. you get into the idea of um, uh, interviews and how did that go? Yeah, sure. So it probably goes back to around 2012, maybe. Yeah, 2012-ish. And this was the point when I was training quite a lot of different stuff. I was training KFM, I was training in MMA, I was training Aikido, I was doing kettlebell classes. I was working out a lot at that point and really trying to keep myself fit and doing lots of different classes and lots of different styles of martial arts. Um, and I started a blog called The Martial View, which was just my thoughts initially on training and how some of the things correlated in my brain of like taking something from a very traditional martial art like Aikido and then applying it to say MMA or Jiu Jitsu or KFM. And what are the principles like speed, timing, distance, things like that, that are just universal across the martial arts. So it started with that and then it kind of got a bit of a life in its own to be fair and ran away with me a little bit because then people started contacting me asking questions and I was like, okay, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. And then we started getting interviews. So I started getting some interviews with guys um, fairly well you know fairly well respected guys as well like jeff thompson he was on there for a series of interviews and things like that we had bob breen on who i've talked to we had richard norton who's the um australian bodyguard film star things like that like some really good names so again me being a martial arts nerd it was a perfect opportunity for me to sit down and chat to these guys that i was fangirling over so it was awesome for me um but then in when was it it was 2015 I think me and Lucci Del Gordio, uh, we met on his seminars for martial artists supporting children with cancer, mm -hmm. where he'd get lots of different martial artists from who were teaching different styles. And he'd set up a venue around the country. And then um, he'd get all these martial artists together, basically. And then we'd all teach a segment um, throughout the day. And all the proceeds would go to a certain charity that was supporting children with, who were suffering from cancer mm -hmm. so we met on that and we got on really well and then in 2015 we were both um nominated for a hall of fame awards at the martial arts illustrated award mm -hmm. so i think we we were there and it was probably a bottle of wine in or something but we started talking about um maybe writing a book because we were already you know mixing shoulder or rubbing shoulders with some really great martial artists that again we were we were fangirling over a little bit and being like oh my god <laughs> And um, so we thought, well, you know, we're already we're already kind of chatting with them and it, and learning about them and spending, you know, quality time with them, you know, whether it's in the car, driving to a seminar when you get to know the person rather than just the person on the map or whether it's going out for a meal after or whatever. But we got to spend some, some good time with people. And we're like, well, why don't we put all these stories? Because these guys have all got really interesting lives. Why don't we start sticking them in a book and then make a little compilation of the book? So that's where Martial Masters was born. So volume one has got, I think it's 15 martial artists in and we wanted, we wanted it from different styles. So we didn't want to just have 
karate people. We didn't want to just have Aikido people. We didn't want to just have sports-based or um, self-defense. We wanted a, a collaboration and a mixture of all the different martial arts. So we've got people from traditional martial arts like Simon Oliver. Um, we've got Mitt Master, Matt Chapman in there. Um, we've got Eddie Quinn on his approach. We've got Bob Bream. We've got Andy Norman. We've got Phil Norman, all the Normans. We've got Mick Tully doing the uh, Minnesota Carly stuff. Um, who else have we got in there? We've got Zara Thivian, obviously the absolute superstar that she is, running Personal Best Academy in, in Mansfield and doing all the stuff in Hollywood as well through like, Doctor Strange. So that was all really interesting to, to hear about her story. Um, and it, yeah, it was just really cool. And we thought it was, and so, yeah, so, sorry, it came out in 20, 2016. Yeah, just for Christmas of 2016. Um, and it sold out pretty much immediately because we only got a certain amount of copies through a publisher sold out and we were like oh well that that did pretty well so that that's good <laughs> and then we didn't really do anything with it after that it just kind of just didn't yeah it just floated away really it was there and it was like oh yeah we wrote, we wrote that book once it was pretty cool people seemed to like it and then we didn't really do anything else which is a bit stupid we should have struck while the arm was hot etc but it was a combination of things in 2020 that that made us as relaunch it and i got in touch with Lucci and said, look, we're all locked down. I haven't got an excuse not to do anything now, so why not I relaunch the book? So one, it was the product of, of boredom and lockdown and wanting to do something and keep myself busy so I didn't go mental. And then secondly, it was the fact that two of the guys in the books are, are sadly no longer with us. So Scott Caldwell died a few years ago, and then Tony Pillage was obviously battling cancer at the time when, when we were interviewing. And he's written his own book, um, breaking Bob that documents his his struggle fighting it and it's been well documented anyway and you know he did his best to raise awareness for that but we thought it was really important to, to have those words of those two guys immortalized um, so that people could always you know pick up a copy if they wanted it and then go back and, and read them and stuff like that so I decided to then go through Amazon where they print ship it and do all their thing and at that point people can just buy it and it's an endless supply so hopefully I'd I don't think there's an expiry date. It's just always there now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then, yeah, again, once that once that happened just before Christmas 2020, I then got it in my head that I wanted to do volume two while I was, again, locked up and it's another little project. And as I said before, for a martial arts nerd, what better way to spend lockdown than in, you know, like interviewing loads of top level martial artists. And, yeah. and this one, or volume two is going to be, kind of a combat sports base or it started that way but we've branched out again now and it's just me doing this one because i think Lucci's going to focus on his kaizen seminars so i, I kind of got it in my teeth and just ran with it and like i said i think we've got the last interview for the books on sunday what day are we on now wednesday mm. so the interviews will be done in four days time and then that time it's all just putting it together but we've got some awesome names involved some like really really world-class pioneers and yeah, people that even my mum and dad have heard of. <laughs> That's the way I explain it. They're not really martial arts apart from supporting me, but they've heard of some of the guys. And they're like, oh, okay, you managed to get him. I'm like, yeah, I did manage to get him. Yeah. So, but you'll have to look on the martial, uh, the martial masters Facebook page and stuff because I'm starting to release all the names now over the oh, next cool. few days. Um, any? Uh, can you share with us any? Um funny the best stories you had um not necessarily you put in book but how you get into the interviews because i know myself it's sometimes it's you know you have to ask seven, seven of your friends to connect you with somebody else they yeah there is a bit of that yeah like it's lucky because it worked out because i'm like a bit of a i'm a bit i'm one of those people that's always on facebook and I've been told off for it so many times because I'm just, um, I think I, it's not a good habit to be fair. I need to start breaking it down and having a bit of time off it. But in this case, it kind of helped because my connections in the martial arts world are, qu are quite good now. And it's like, okay, I've, if I don't know how to get to, to someone, I think I know someone that can get to someone. And the guy that's been really good for, for doing that has been Mick Tully. Yeah. Who, me and Mick, again, we met on the Martial Arts Sport and Children of Cancer seminar circuit and we got on really well mainly because he always pulled me out and punched me in the face and then took me down to the floor and grappled me. And that's just how we make friends in martial arts because we don't handshake, we punch. It's just one of those things because we're weird. So, um, yeah, but but he's just, you know, Mick, he's just a character and um, he knows so many people 
through doing his work with the world of martial arts um, television series and podcasts and things like that. Like he's got fingers in a lot of pies, that man. And he knows a lot of people. So yeah, quite a few times I've been like, uh, Mick, can you, can you put me in contact with so-and-so? And he's like, yep, give me a, you know, give me a couple hours or something. And then he's gone and come back with a phone number or an email or a suggestion for someone that should go in the book or something like that, that I haven't thought of. So big shout out to Mick for that one, to be fair, because he's really helped with this and he, he's going to write the forward for the book as well. Okay. I've asked him to do that. So he's going to take that in. So I'm sure that will be an interesting forward knowing Mick. Yeah, I personally don't know Mick, but I know a lot of people who know him. It seems yeah. to everybody knows him. <laughs> He's one of those guys, yeah. Just people know him. It's like, ah, oh, Mick, yeah, you met him. No, <laughs> but you know of him. Yeah, yeah, apparently yeah, very, very funny guy. Um, He's funny, yeah. Uh, so um, uh, are you covering both those uh, interviews in a book and in your podcast? Uh, or are you going to sets of people? No, they're different because otherwise this is my like marketing head on now. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I put the podcast on before the book's released, you're not going to buy the book either. Yeah. Or if you buy the book, then you're not going to listen to the podcast. So I was like, ah, I'll be I a little know. bit, I'll think... be a little bit sneakier. <laughs> and then no, I think, I think when I read the book, um, I would be interested to hear how that coming from, you know, put the voice to the words and, and hear it from the other side. So I think that you could double up on it after the... I'll break. reach my first million sales and then I'll start putting yeah. the videos out, okay? That's a good plan. When I buy my first yacht, they can <laughs> then go into video uh, format. That's the deal, all right? You've heard it here first. <laughs> at the moment, we're going to keep it... Or I'm going to keep them separate, I think, for now. Yes. Um, just because it's a slightly different emphasis. For the Marshall View now, I'm looking to, to get... Obviously, because it is the Marshall View, it's, it's martial arts focused. But I'm really interested in taking stuff... Or, or how do I say it? I'm interested in bringing people in that aren't necessarily involved in martial arts, but that could bring something to the martial arts. So today we were talking with someone who's um, a nutritionist, for example, for elite sports people. So I was chatting to her about nutrition for elite athletes, for people that um, are competing or whatever, but then also people at home that are locked down and struggling to eat correctly. So like simple meal prepping and things like that. Next week, I'm talking to a physiotherapist on it, just about how we can... Um, like stay loose, stay limber and stay healthy again, like structurally during lockdown. So yeah, it's, it's good, but it's a slightly different, um, a different viewpoint, I suppose, of doing it. So yeah, at the moment I'm going to keep them separate, but I don't know. I've still got all the interviews saved that I've, mm -hmm. I've done. So maybe at some point once, like I said, once the first million go through, when I get that magic number of million books sold, and I go, right, thank you very much. And I'll go, oh, cool, I can do whatever you want with these videos now. Crack on, I'm off. I'm off to go and live on a beach. <laughs> I, I wish you that, and I wish myself as well with my books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll have yachts next to each other. Yeah, what, um, what's the uh, future holds for Empower Martial Arts? What's your plan um, after lockdown hopefully. yeah get back to punching each other in the face would be a good start yeah. um for now we're going to keep doing what we're doing we're doing the online classes every friday we're doing a free workout for anyone that wants to jump onto it just for kind of half an hour 40 minutes so it's just a workout for mental health thing um just again they don't have to be a member or anything all they've got to do is message me and i can give them a link and they can hop on and just move around a little bit have some fun nothing too strenuous uh, we're not going to kill you um so yeah until until that time we, we're going to open up and then i've got it in my head i don't know if it's going to happen but i want my own unit this mm. year at some point um at the moment we've got a great facility but we we share it mm -hmm. um and i've wanted my own unit since i was pff, 10 or 11 that was always the dream of having the full-time beautiful you know academy dojo and that was solidified again just when i went to when i went to melbourne and saw and saw Joe Sensei because his dojo was just beautiful, like full time. Mm -hmm. He lived there, like his Uchideshi or dojo, say, et cetera. They lived there. There was the kitchen, there was like social area, there was the matted area, there was the reception. It was like, ah, oh, this is like dojo porn. It was, it was beautiful. It was, yeah. I was like, right, I want that. Um, so, yeah, I'd like my own unit at some point this year. But equally, it's finding it and it's, you know, getting some semblance of normality back I suppose and when things get a little bit more uh what's the word stable maybe and just just so we know what's going to be happening but when that happens I'm sure I'll be shooting I'll be shouting about it from the rooftops when we finally get our unit we're gonna have a giant party that lasts the whole weekend I think to have opening we'll get people in doing guest seminars and 
big party in the car park, have a barbecue for everyone or something, and yeah, make a make a, a huge event out of it. I think of our opening. Um, so yeah, that's the plan for Empower. Just hopefully get back ASAP and keep building and keep getting more students, keeping the ones that we've got, um, and just yeah, keep learning. Like a big thing for our academy is just to keep learning and mm -hmm. never stop. So we're always bringing people in to do guest instructor spots or. I'm learning stuff online now that I can do with like Carly, JKD, a screamer, things like that. Because again, you can do it solo work and it's good for me. And, you know, building a double stick coordination stuff, it's, it's a new skill. Um, so I don't whack myself around the head too many times, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just don't stop learning. So that's that's our philosophy, really. Um, so we're going to keep doing that. Um, the book is due for, I'm hoping it's going to be released in in the spring of 2021 so maybe the end of march start of april like i said i've got three more interviews to do we've got 16 names in total um three more to do so and then once that's done i just need to format it and get a book cover made and start promoting it stick it on amazon and battle with amazon for another few days until they eventually put it on um and the marshall view yeah so we'll keep going with the podcast Keep going with the blog, keep going with the YouTube channel, keep going with the Facebook groups, keeps me busy, but yeah, stops me going crazy as well, living on my own and uh, yeah, stops me talking to inanimate objects too much because I get to talk to people <laughs> online instead. <laughs> um, could you tell us where uh, where people can find you, where the best to, to look you look you up on Facebook and, and all the uh, web, I'm going to put all that in the description below so people can um, check out and join you for your trainings, buy the books and listen to your podcast. Perfect. Yeah, do all of those things. <laughs> Listen to the podcast, buy the book, come join me in training. That would be perfect. So that's like the Holy Trinity. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, just Dan Holloway. Um, you can find my Martial Arts Academy, Stim Power Martial Arts Academy Lincoln. Um, the Martial View is just the Martial View on Facebook. We've got a community group that's got about two and a half thousand members, in, I think. And then we've got our Facebook page as well, which has got like 200 and something members, but we don't talk about that one as much. Um, <laughs> and then we've got... Uh, the Marshall Masters Facebook page as well. Instagram, you can find me on the Marshall, uh, sorry, Empower Martial Arts Academy. And we've also got the Marshall View Instagram account as well. YouTube's the same, the Marshall View's on there. I've got Empower, but I don't really use it for YouTube, to be fair. And then the book's available on Amazon. So volume one's available on Amazon now. And volume two, fingers crossed, will be very shortly. Watch <laughs> that space. Excellent. Um... Thank you for your time. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I'm looking forward to the book arriving, hopefully on Sunday. Yeah, let me know how it is. I'm going to drop you the um, review as well on the, on the Amazon. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, it just boosts our rankings up. So anyone that hasn't or has read the book but hasn't left a review yet, left, leave a review or I will find you. And I will come and get you once we're allowed out of our houses again. So, yeah, if people could leave a review, if they've got the book, that would be awesome because it just boosts everything up. Awesome. Uh, thank you for your time. I hope you're going to enjoy your uh, uh, week and uh, weekend you. coming. And um, I speak to you soon. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers.